This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Well, health officials are still trying to figure out ways to treat people with addictions to deal with the opioid crisis in British Columbia. And my next guest is joining us to talk a little bit more about that. And we are joined by Dr. Lonette Reeb, clinical associate professor with the Department of Family Practice at the University of British Columbia. Uh, Dr. Reeb, thank you so much for taking some time with us this morning. Thank you for having me, Joe. Uh, you've written about what, why it could be risky to go the route of prescribing more opioids and making sure there's a clean opioid stream for people with addictions. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the risk and your concerns? Yes, sure. Um, and the program that's being uh, going to be rolled out in the downtown east side and a couple of other high-risk areas uh, involves giving medical-grade hydromorphone, which is a opiate five times more potent than morphine out to people who are high-end at risk for overdose so that they can take it home. They can swallow it or grind it up and shoot it or snort it. Um, And though this may reduce some of the harm related to a poison drug supply that we currently have, um, people can still overdose on that. It's an unsupervised model. Uh, We do have supervised models so that if they did overdose when shooting or snorting, someone would be there to resuscitate them. Also, um, this doesn't purify the stimulant use supply, which is also tainted with fentanyl. And to hand out stimulants is also a very unproven uh, tactic. So is uh, giving take-home doses to inject. Um, there's many other uh, treatment models that are highly un- underutilized. Um, and this model itself um, that they're proposing may have some um, uh, quite a few other unintended unintended harms. And so is, is it the idea or, or that it's even though there are risks and, and perhaps unintended harms, it's still a better option than getting drugs on the streets or drugs where there is uh, almost a guarantee uh, they're going to have fentanyl in them? Yeah, so it, um, we, we don't know yet if it's a better option. Um, this is a completely unproven uh, intervention. And so though it may in the long run uh, reduce the immediate harms. We do know that there was also quite a high level of overdoses already in the population even before fentanyl hit the street, but it's really escalated since fentanyl's been here. So the, the desire of the health board and uh, the uh, um, Center for Disease Control, which I can completely understand, is to try to purify the drug supply on the street. So they don't care if it's diverted or anything because they're, they're trying to get, um, uh, you know, uh, um, medication out onto the street that people would know the dosing of. So for some people that will work, but for others they'll still lose control with it. If it's diverted, someone can still overdose on it, especially someone drug naive. Um, there, the uh, issue is that the very best way, Jill, to reduce harm related uh, to substance use, and this is clearly a harm reduction approach, it's not a treatment approach, the very best way to save lives is actually to treat the underlying problem, which is the addiction. By uh, putting medical-grade drugs on the street, we already saw what that did when we had very liberal prescribing of hydromorphone and oxycodone and other prescription drugs. It really ramped up the overall addiction issue, and we know that um, 80% of current heroin users uh, started with a prescription opioid. So um, just giving prescription opioids alone isn't going to solve the addiction issue. It may help bring down the overdose issue, but that's an experiment that we're doing right now. But I think that the focus... um, 
uh, and I'm happy to talk about that further if you'd like, is to look at some of the innovative treatment strategies that are underutilized or underfunded in British Columbia. And and I would agree. And it seems like, and in a project like this, I get the idea. The idea is to keep people alive. But yeah. then what is the end game? Is it to keep That's people right. alive and continuing to take opioids or to stop the addiction? Exactly. So by if it's just to give people um, free government-sponsored opioids that they can do what they want with, that, that is more like a legalization approach. And that... Um, where, where some uh, public health officers and some uh, law enforcement officers and people across the country do think that that may be beneficial. I personally think more of a decriminalization approach, which is if you're caught with a small amount for personal use, you wouldn't go to jail, but you'd be sent uh, to treatment, versus uh, if you're caught dealing, you still go to jail. So that's a that's a, a decriminalization approach to personal use, and that's what they did in Portugal. They did not legalize. They did a decriminalization approach, and anybody was caught with even with a small amount for personal use, not for amount to deal with, but um, was uh, brought in. A social worker will interview them. They're mandated to see the social worker who will see if they do have a diagnosis of a substance use disorder, be it opioids or alcohol or stimulants. And then they are offered one year of fully government-paid treatment. And that can include all medications that are needed and residential or outpatient care, depending on the intensity. And then they're linked into housing, and also the government has started supporting uh, the first six months of paid job support in the community so that um, uh, employers would be more likely to hire somebody who has this disorder, whereas usually you're more less likely to hire somebody with that background, as you can appreciate. So, um, And we have to know that you know 80% of people who use substances in this province who have a substance use disorder are still working and living within their families. So it's not just the focus on the downtown east side we need to think about. We need to think about how are we going to have a provincial approach. And I liked, Jill, that you brought up um, the issue of, you know, really, uh, what about treatment? If we look at Germany and the Netherlands, they had 10 times the treatment beds per capita than BC had when introducing injectables, and they never went to an unsupervised injectable uh, program, only supervised. And uh, Portugal also diverted a lot of the money from law enforcement into treatment. Um, and we do have, since the spring, the Health Canada, I and 35 other doctors, uh, addiction docs across Canada, wrote to Jane Philpott, then the Minister of Health, to get her to leverage Health Canada. And our efforts, along with many other efforts across the country, has allowed now Health Canada to give permission to health authorities and provinces, if they apply, to be able to have novel forms of treatment for opiate use disorder and those include something uh, something called uh, extended-release naltrexone. The trade name is Vivitrol. This can also treat alcohol use disorder. But, uh, Jill, you can inject it once a month, and it's like wearing internal body armor. It's like that sister drug naloxone that we use to resuscitate people, but it's having that on board for the whole month, uh, slowly released. So if you use, it just bounces off. So it's you don't get high, you virtually can't overdose. The very large studies that have been done on this, it's very evidence-based, um, have shown no overdoses uh, it, while people are on the treatment itself. So if you compare, and it's just as effective as buprenorphine. Uh, we have it under the trade name Suboxone. Um, and even though it's, it's a much more expensive than handing out hydromorphone on a daily basis to people, it's uh, very cost-effective in the long run because, you know, just one ICU admission or one drive to the hospital in an ambulance after resuscitation costs more than this medication does in a month. 
All right. Well, Dr. Reeve, I would love to talk to you more about this, uh, perhaps another day. We're out of time this morning, but thank you so much. Uh, fascinating uh, research. Thank you very much for sharing it with us. Yes. Bye-bye. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa HD radio at 101.1 FM HD2 and on the AM dial 980 CKNW.